Welcome to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas, here's your host, Tim Wilkins. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. I am joined today by the co-host of co-hosts, Chris, joining me once again. And today, we're talking, it is the round of 16 cutoff race, Bristol Motor Speedway, arguably one of my favorites in the entire NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, Chris, thank you for joining me. We're going to have this conversation, as we always do, about sports. This is going to be a fun one. Yes, sir. So... Uh, round of 16, we had Darlington, we had Kansas, and arguably now we have one of the most difficult racetracks in all of racing, Bristol Motor Speedway, better known as the stadium of all stadiums. The last great Coliseum. It, It really, it truly is, man. It is, it is a phenomenal, it is on my bucket list of tracks to go to still and, uh, to get to watch a race there. Arguably, I think we could both agree that it's sometimes the day the day race or or the afternoon race compared to the night race. There's been re- debate about which one's better to go to, the fall or the spring race, as they call it. But still, an amazing track over the years has a lot of history behind it. Great race to cut off the, the round of sixteen, in my view. But uh, we, we're going to recap what happened a little bit here, our, our predictions on some things. I think, Chris, we got a lot to go into here. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. So, yeah, starting out the uh, – and obviously don't don't want to hog up the whole conversation. But, uh, yeah, starting out at Darlington to kick off the, the NASCAR playoffs, uh, Kyle Larson scoring the, the victory in the Southern 500. Um, he had to lock himself into the next round and also pick up those 10 additional bonus points, which carries over to the next round. And then last week in Kansas, Tyler Reddick picking up the win. The uh, 23-11 organization has won three of the last four races at Kansas, and the 45 car has won uh, has won three of those races with three different uh, three different drivers: Kurt Busch, Bubba Wallace, and now Tyler Reddick. So, uh, and then Denny Hamlin obviously won in the spring. So, with Toyota has won the last four races there. So, um, I think one of the big storylines heading into this weekend's race has been. The regular season champion Martin Truex Jr., who um, you know had those additional 15 bonus points, two terrible races, including last week, wrecking out very early on lap four of the event with a flat tire. He is now seven points below the uh, below the cut line. Um, when you look at jo- uh, Joey Logano now, last year's champion, he's 11th in points. Huge, huge move by Paul Wolf uh, and and the 22 team at the end to decide to take two tires he was running about 15th and ended up um you know squeaking out a fifth place finish and he's now uh 12 points above above the cut line so looking towards uh this weekend give people a quick rundown so obviously kyle larson locked in with his win from darlington tyler reddick locked in from his win uh in kansas denny hamlin's third william byron's fourth brad keselowski fifth ryan blaney is sixth kyle bush is seventh ross chastain eighth uh, Chris Buescher ninth, 
Christopher Bell is 10th, Joey Logano 11th, Kevin Harvick now is on the bubble, he's in 12th, he is, uh, he is seven points ahead of, as we mentioned, Martin Shurex Jr., uh, who's 13th, Bubba Wallace, who crashed uh, in stage two last week, uh, blew a tire. He is, uh, you know, he's almost in a must win. He's 14th. And then the two uh, bottom drivers in the standings, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Michael McDowell, both are absolute must wins. They are 15th and 16th in the playoff standings. So, so just asking you this, Chris, do you, do you foresee if we have a circumstance here, we'll, we'll go through some different scenarios here, but I think barring any crazy catastrophes here, which may happen because it is Bristol things can and will happen. Um, it's probably arguably one of the, it, you want to talk about a restrictor plate jackpot of stupidity. Bristol is exactly that, but on a short track basis, if any one of the top, 10 drivers have a catastrophic day. Do you see them not making the the top 12 there? Do you see anybody maybe towards the bottom of that 12 or maybe even the top dropping down to maybe threaten their uh, continuation on past the round of 12? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I, I think when you look at the, the standings, it, you, you probably can look down to about, I would say down to about maybe Blaney and Kyle Bush, you know, they're they're 20 they're you know Blaney's 25 points ahead, Kyle Bush is 24 points above the cut line. Essentially, they just need to get some stage points in both stages, stay out of trouble and they should be relatively they should be relatively safe. I think if you're above Blaney, so Kozlowski, Byron and Hamlin, I, I mean you're you're all but a lock. I think they actually have a mathematical chance of locking in uh, fair during the actual race itself. Um, but yeah, if you're below Bush, you know, we look at Chastain, Busher, uh, Bell, Logano and Harvick. I mean, they're all extremely vulnerable. Um, you know, Truex, obviously, you know, and the crazy thing about Truex is if he can, if he can advance to the next round because of those bonus points carrying over from the regular season, he would propel himself back to the number one spot. So that's that's how big of a swing it can be if if he can just get out of the first round. It's he'll go immediately back to the top of the board because of because of the points, uh, the bonus points that he's accrued in the uh, in the regular season. So yeah, I would say that those are probably the guys you got to look at. Um, you know, Truex honestly, his, his record at Bristol's not been great. I think he only has one or two top ten finishes there, and which is actually surprising. Um, but yeah, you look at you look at Bubba Wallace, you look at Ricky Stenhouse, you look at Michael McDowell. I mean, they're they're you know they're really kind of in a must win at this point, and or need the folks ahead of them to have a really bad night. So, and that's, that's where and that's where I'm thinking here is that you know arguably I, I didn't think maybe 25 points. I thought 25 points might be enough to cover if you have a bad enough race, but and, and, you know you finish maybe 35th or something on a wreck, you know, and you got you're still going to be I think in the top 12, but you're going to be on the bottom of that top 12. Now I'm not saying Byron Hamlin and Kozlowski can take a race off, but they're still going to be, they're going to be trying to be competitive here to kind of secure themselves further down the road. I think there's a level of aggression that needs to, there's a fine line there. I'm, I'm uniquely taken back by Kevin Harvick and, and his, obviously his last year at Stuart Haas. And still, obviously, competing, but it's he's not competing at a high enough level here. I, I think Harvick 
is got to have a decent show to continue on here. That's that's obvious based on where his standings are, but he he's got to go, and that's the thing. He he has to have the level of aggression of a twenty year old kid in a sense, where he's got to be driving for his life. Because you're right, if Martin Truex Jr. Let's just say hypothetically, man, that Ross Chastain has a blown out tire. Busher has a somewhat of an incident in the back. Christopher Bell has something different happen. Logano does a usual safe play and he competes, you know, and gets himself a top five, top 10, which he has a potential to do. And then you have, you know, Kevin Harvick's basically got to win and be in a top 10 here to save himself. You know, I mean, maybe a top 15, top 20, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, obviously Harvick, I mean, he's been, I mean, beyond carrying the flagship for Stuart Haas racing, who's having, I mean, the epitome of a down year, um, but Harvick just finds a way to just he and, and, and Rodney Childers just find a way to grind out a, you know, a relatively decent finish. Um, you know, he somehow finds a way to do it. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Heck, it wouldn't surprise me if Harvick finds a way to, to run up in the top two or three and maybe contend for, for a win. I mean, he almost won this race a couple of years ago if it wasn't for, for Chase Elliott, uh, you know, blocking him after they made contact late in the race. So, um, you know, Harvick, yeah, you know, and then last year Harvick got hot in the playoff or in the playoff late in the playoffs. So it's it's not con- it's not inconceivable that Kevin Harvick could have a could have a good race. I mean, you know, you know, obviously the Fords have have struggled on a lot of these bigger racetracks, you know, the mile and a halfs um, that make up, you know, the two and the two mile tracks that make up the majority of the schedule. So getting onto a short track where aerody- where, you know, the aerodynamic and maybe some of the horsepower deficiencies are not there as much i think that this could be a a, a track where ford could could sneak out a, a you know a, a victory for sure I, I just not to say i disagree with you here i think the blame isn't so much on the manufacturer it's the car in, in the in itself i, I mean i'm not going to completely go be a debbie downer here on the cars and the new car anymore but we we heard this before and and the package is very difficult um and in the short track package, you know, we've seen that before. The short track package, even the mile and a half, they they, they have some really, some really strong need to, need to get some work done there. And and I think hopefully this race for the fans watching this race is nothing is, is an exciting race because obviously the implications that it has. But if it becomes a bore fest, the rating ain't going to be there. You know, even if it's a cutoff race, if it becomes a and you understand what I mean by this. Bristol over the years has become of this. It used to be bottom, bottom groove, top groove, middle groove. You know, it used to be a lot of it's a slick racetrack, obviously, now. But obviously, there's resin. There's all of this going on with the racetrack. But if it becomes a boring race and it's just a single file, you know, I call it a lap fest because that's what it becomes after a certain period of time. This this whole point we're talking about here is a very different scenario. I I think if they say green flag for a while and there's not a lot of big wrecks, it's going to be a, the top ten in points here are going to be just fine. Yeah, you know, no, I, that's, I, that's true. And you know, the short track and the short track package has really struggled. You know, obviously last year this race was marred with with uh, with tire issues because of the you know the new car and the and the higher speeds with the wider tires. Um, there were a lot, a lot of issues with with tires. So Goodyear did do some 
some pretty extensive um, uh, tire testing this year. So fingers crossed that tires won't prove to be an issue. But you know, with that, in that, if that's the case, you know, track position could could mean a lot. So um, you know, so we'll definitely see what what happens on uh, on Saturday night, which obviously means qualifying will be important is getting a good qualifying spot knowing uh that track position could be a could be a significant factor um on on saturday night so i just want to make sure i we're on the same page here so you're saying that if martin truex you know let's just say finds himself seven points over the competition in the top 12 he will somehow leapfrog the two other guys that already locked themselves in to the round of 12 yep so so the way so the way it works in in the playoffs is the 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 bonus points that you accumulate during the regular season um or those or playoff points they accumulate during the regular season those those carry through to each of the rounds so essentially what will happen is um if he does if he does move on all those bonus points including the 15 bonus points for being the regular season champion will carry over and that'll that'll actually propel him back up to the number one seed in the round of 12. So, okay. So that's the, yeah, so that's why, you know, yeah, it looks a little deceiving when you look at the yep. internet now on the standings, because obviously his point total is down, you know, in the, mm-hmm. I believe it's the 13th position Yep. Uh, with 2056 points, but you're saying that with the round of 12, the points kind of reset a little bit based on mm-hmm. some bonus implications and, yeah, things like that. So, so yeah, you'll do a whole, you'll do an entire reset after this round. Um, you know, just based on based on the results, you know. But that's also carrying over points from the regular season, also in the in the and the round of sixteen. So it it can get a little challenging. That's why you know I think I think if you're true X, you know you have to. I mean, you know you you you've worked so hard for an entire season, have two bad races, and you know conceivably if things don't go well, the highest you can finish in points is thirteen. Actually, well. Technically, you can you you can finish high, as high as fifth, you know, because once the not to get confusing for the folks listening, but as you know, as the rounds drop, there are there still is the ability, even though if you're eliminated from championship contention, you could still move up in the points okay. um, after those resets. So conceivably, if Truex does not make it to the round of twelve, he could realistically finish as high as fifth in the final standings after the after the race in phoenix which i'm not i'm not discrediting the the fact of the race team here i just think that you know you have two arguably difficult races at one of the two different i mean darlington in of itself chris i think we can both attest to it is it's a crazy difficult race it's a long it's a southern 500 it's a traditional crown jewel race of the you know of nascar so with Larson winning that race, obviously c- continues the tradition of Hendrick Motorsports winning the Southern 500, uh, in my view. And so when you go to a race like Kansas, that's been historically really good for strong for Toyotas, you got to come to a racetrack now that's going to be arguably on this level playing field for the rest of the contending drivers. And I think Bristol, arguably, regardless of what people think about the way the new track is, it, it it is for sure one of the best racetracks in, in the entire country. It just, I, I, I mean, we're going to have, it really depends on the package that they, the car and how they improve on that tire that we, you talked about earlier. But I, I, I see, unfortunately I see something happening to Christopher Bell here or Ross Chastain 
that falls them out of contention. And, and, and not saying anything negative towards them as drivers, but they're always they always seem to find themselves on the other side of some situations here. RFK Racing for them to actually make both drivers to be in contention for the playoff, arguably is a monumental feat in itself. And I, I have to credit Brad for. I mean, I know a lot of people have either a love or hatred towards Brad Kozlowski, but he he's being he he put the team on his shoulders, man. I, I think we yeah. can talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you got to look at and say, you know, obviously him, him leaving Team Penske at the end of 2021 and taking over in a, in a, in a, in a minority ownership stake at, 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 Rout, at Rout, now Roush Fenway Kozlowski Racing and really seeing the, the transformation, the turnaround within, you know, uh, essentially about, a, about an 18-month 18, 18 period is, is, really, uh, is really incredible. You know, Chris Buescher obviously had three wins towards the end of the season. Um yeah, I mean, you got to look at RFK, and they've definitely been the best Ford team this year. As you know, I would say they've they've been better than Penske, been better, obviously been better than Stuart Haas and and some of the other teams. So yeah, I, I'd say RFK has definitely carried the Blue Oval banner, uh, probably the probably the most consistent this uh, this entire season. My my question to you really stems to this with the amount of drivers you have towards the back of the point situation here. Do we really, do they, do they fall to their own demise here of aggressiveness? And just, I mean, listen, Joey Logano is a gifted, talented driver that he is. He's been okay here, right? He's been okay at Bristol. Um, yeah. I but think Ross Chastain has gotten himself in trouble, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Joey's got two wins in the, in the, in the night race at Bristol and actually back to back in 2014 and 2015. Um, so, you know, I think you, you can't definitely can't count the 22 car out for sure. And that's where I think, you know, nothing against Busher and I don't discredit Busher here. Uh, I, I just think that, you know, unfortunately he, he's been really good at uh, in the last month or so, you know, the season, he's been really good. Yeah. Now, do Defend, I, do I can see that winner of this race defending winner, the, defending winner of the night race at Bristol and won it last, uh, won it last yeah. year. So that was RFK. That was first win for RFK as an organization. And that's a very, very valid point here. So I, I think legitimately, if we're talking about who actually gets eliminated, nothing, I, I think, unless you have a night of your life type situation drive-wise or drive, you know, I don't see Stenhouse moving on. I don't see, I, I, as much as I give credit to Michael McDowell for doing a phenomenal job at the road course, I don't see him moving on. And I think, I, I hate to be the negative Nancy here in this room, but I don't see Bubba Wallace moving on. And and I don't see that happening because it's Bristol, baby. <laughs> and and that's just, <laughs> it, it's, you, you know, you, you got to know. And I just had it happen on iRacing. I'll talk about this. But you, you get you get dragged into other people's crap. And it's not your own fault, but guess what? You're a victim of it. And you only can withstand so much of it before you're parked. So I, I think legitimately I see – I'll go on a limb here, and I, I think it's disappointing for me to go on a limb like this, but I think Kevin Harvick will be eliminated. Mm. And I, I, I don't let – me, let me just preface this with this. I don't discount the, the talent of Kevin Harvick here. I think – with this point scenario and the amount of aggression that you're going to see from Truex, 
And you have to have something change here on the, the lat from the ninth to the twelfth position to make me more comfortable with those four guys. Like I, I either one of these guys has to win nine through twelve for me to see them go long term through the playoffs, or this is the end of the road for them. You know, I don't see them. So let's just say hypothetically, Chris, that these guys nine through twelve make it through this round. I don't see them going to the round of eight. I don't see any of them doing that because the talent between the fourth to the eighth position is so high and it's so intense that it, the, the the level of, I would say, the the margin of error is so small that I don't see. I, I really don't. I mean, Kevin Harvick, he's got to either he's got to win or go home. And I mean, that's just my view. Same thing with Martin Truex. At that point, when you're seven points behind, you got to hope and pray that about 12 other drivers have a bad day. Really? I mean, or one of these guys in the top four, you know, Denny Hamlin has a bad day. And he finishes seven positions, you know, and these guys, and Byron moves up, and these guys slide around. And there's got to be something catastrophic here that happens in the race that for these guys to change positions, but I don't see that happening. These guys are too good. Yeah. That's why they're, that's why they're top 12. I can I can forecast maybe something happening with Christopher Bell or Chris Busher or Ross Chastain. Ross's aggression alone will get him in trouble. But yeah, he's been a little ton- a little more toned down, especially after uh, the the whole deal with with Rick Hendrick uh, early in the year. He's kind of I feel like in a way is kind of and, and and I don't think and Trackhouse as a whole has not been as strong as they were last year. You know, Ross does have the one win, but at Nashville, but other than that, they've, they've kind of, they've, they've missed the mark more than they've hit it this year compared to how they were last year. So, um, you know, look kind of my prediction. I, I, I think, honestly, I, I think where everyone is now, I think they stay. Um, I think Harvick makes it. Uh, I, I don't think Truex makes it only simply at the fact of, They've had two really bad races. I mean, they were bad. They were just bad at Darlington, and they had bad luck at Bristol. Bristol's not been a great track for Truex in the past. Um, and and Truex is one of those guys that I don't think he he doesn't have that level of resiliency that when you look at compared to a to a Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick can can take a you know can take a tenth tenth to fifteenth place race car and find a way to finish seventh or eighth. That's a, that's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. Yeah, Truex, Truex, you know, if the car's not where it needs to, I mean, we when Truex is good, he's good. When Truex is bad, he is just there. So I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that the current top 12 in the standings is going to be the top 12 um, after the race on Saturday night, whether that, you know, obviously there could be some movement up and down, but I think in terms of the the four, the the guys that are in in the bottom four, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with those guys. I, I mean, I appreciate that, man, because I honestly I was on the fence with Truex, and I, I think as a regular season champion, you have to give him his I'm not saying his flowers, but you got to give him his you know his respect where it's due. You perform well, but we've seen regular season champions fall before. Jeff Gordon being one of them with this new playoff format over the years. The guy as strong as Jeff over the regular season comes down to the playoffs and he and he's out. You know, he loses the playoff, loses the championship. I think I don't discredit any of the ability of these race car drivers, but Bristol is Bristol. It's Bristol, baby. It is no other. There is no other cliche. There is no other things. If you have ever watched a history, a history of this race 
throughout the, the our childhood or even before, Bristol is unpredictable. It is the what you think. And I'm glad it's not a dirt race anymore. I am happy yeah. it's back on the asphalt. Yep. Because I, I just, I don't care. Not saying I'm not a dirt fan for all y'all listening at home, but to me, that track did not need dirt to make it great. That track was a phenomenal racetrack before, and you're putting a gimmick on a on a probably arguably a track that doesn't need one. So, yep. That's just my view on that. But yeah. I think uh, you know, I think we have some good, really good expectations of this race. I'm hoping it's a good race, man. Yeah, I really no, do. I, I don't want I don't want it to be some single file for 500 laps, dude. I would be yeah. pissed off at the world if it's that long, man. Yeah. Um. Well, well before we wrap up, we've got some mm-hmm. uh, some silly season news here. Oh, uh, we're talking about yeah. the silliness. Yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> talking. Well, talk a little bit of NASCAR. One bit of NASCAR news, and a little bit of silly season news. So. Uh, one thing that was announced yesterday was that the uh, uh, heading, you know, the round of 12 with it being uh, Texas, Talladega and the Charlotte Roval, which will be the last road course of the year. The Charlotte Roval will uh, they will reinstitute stage cautions. So the, all the road yeah, Boo. I agree. All the road courses Boo. this year obviously did. They still they still counted stages, you know, but they didn't throw a caution flag. I'm sorry. Yeah. It, it, it ruins the as a race car dude, as a race fan, yep. doesn't that kind of just ruin the entire, the entire yeah. idea of road course racing? Oh, yeah. I'm going to run 12 laps under, under a fuel run. And then I'm going to pit. Yeah. So then everyone well, gets on the same fuel strategy. It's a exactly. Shit. Excuse my language. Or, shit show. or everybody pits with a lap to a lap to go in the state or two laps to go on the stage or three laps, you know, cause pits close with two to go. And then it just flips everyone over there compared to, uh, you know, letting a race play out naturally. So NASCAR says, "quote that um, they want the the, uh, the the officiating of the races to be uh, equal in in all of them that would have un- be under the same rules in terms of you know cautions versus no cautions." I think that's be I think that's bullshit. NASCAR just need NASCAR. It's called insulting. a cop out. Have you ever heard? Yeah, one NASCAR's insulting our intelligence. They just want more cautions. Um, well, I gotta, you got to get some ad buys in there, dude. You know, this yep. call to the bullpen is brought to you by AT&T. Um, you know, as baseball will kindly remind us when we're watching baseball. But it, it Chris, I, I just, that's a terrible idea. Terrible I idea. All NASCAR's front. That is worse than calling, having a, a race at the USC Coliseum. That's just, I don't know what was worse, this or that. But, I mean, it's. Yeah. And then, uh, two. Before we close out, two uh, looks like two pieces of rumor slash uh, silly season news. So, uh, uh, Colleg Racing has been teasing a uh, driver announcement for the number thirty-one car um, after the departure of Justin Haley at the end of the season to go to head over to Rick Ware Racing. Uh, general Manager or uh, President of President of the Team Chris Rice had posted a photo today um, shaking. Uh, just what appeared to be an arm and a hand and folks have, have done some forensic, uh, discovery and, um, and, and by all way too much time on your hands, people. Yeah. (laughs) And by all intents and purposes, according to people, it looks to appear that Daniel Hemrick will drive the number 31 car in 2024. He currently drives the team's, uh, Xfinity series cars. Um, and then was the, the 2021 Xfinity series champion when he was driving for Joe Gibbs racing. And then, uh, 
uh, Live Fast Motorsports, which is not fat, is no longer lives and is not fast. They're the back half of the, they're the la- normally the last place car every single week, the number 78 car. Appears that the uh, co-owners of that team, BJ McLeod and Matt Tift, are looking to sell the uh, their charter, which they've had since uh, I think since 2021. Um, I could be I could be wrong on that, but it was 2021. Uh, but they could be looking to sell their charter, as as people know, these charters have gone up you know tenfold in value. So probably looking in the neighborhood of 25 to between about 25 to probably 40 million dollars for a charter but um there could be a possibility that the charter could be sold to spire uh spire motorsports and then could be leased and then in turn that would be leased to Trackhouse, uh track house racing um to enable a seat for uh last year's truck series champ 2022 truck series champion zane smith uh to move up to the to the that sounds series. way too complicated for us uh small town bird lawyers out there. And I'm going to go on a limb and tell you that I don't see any of that happening. I see Zane Smith going somewhere else. It, a lot of the rumors that, and they, there's, there's good sources just from reading, uh, you know, sports ministerials, Adam Stern, who's pretty, pretty reliable when it comes to, to stories. It would appear. And just, just on the, and it would appear. Bob, that, if it's not Bob Podcast telling me what the deal is, I don't believe it, sir. Okay. This, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Again, again, we're it's subject to uh, you know, subject to you know, to see what what happens over the next couple of days. But if indeed Zane Smith is heading to uh, heading to Trackhouse Racing, uh, another huge, huge, huge. I can't even. Well, you say know, it's enough. another big signing, dude. I think they just announced this today. Shane Van Ginsbergen. I probably butchered that name. Now you, now you got it. SVG, man. You got SVG it. is heading to Trackhouse to run uh, in all three NASCAR ser- National Series in 24. Yeah. So that tells me that uh, I don't believe that. I just see that legitimately there's going to be a lot of driver movement here. Yeah. I'll be interested to see where I think Zane Smith goes personally to uh, to Stuart Haas. Um. That's where I see him landing. Yeah. Um, and I I, 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 I don't, and I, I think we can talk about this more yeah. in, a, in another episode, but I see yeah. Zane Smith going to, uh, to, 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 to Stuart Haas because of Tony Stewart's willingness to go younger um, yeah. in the car. And also his, uh, his town is unquestionable yeah. when it comes to racing. Uh, I, I think that's where he's going to land. Also Noah Gregson getting his job or reinstated to NASCAR. Yeah. Um, that's relatively news. Um, yep. I, I'll be very interested to see what happens with that 78 charter. And I'll tell you why, because I think this is a, this is a situation here that we as sports fans have really put to the back burner and it's does Dale jr. Run a cup team and the conversation, that's probably a topic for another discussion. Yep. But I, I think legitimately, if this charter auction, you know, keeps on going, he's gonna step. He's gonna put. He's gonna put. You know, dip his toe in there and see what's up. He obviously has the financial backing. He has the money to do it. Now, does he want to foot the entire bill? Probably not. So that's where I can see the seventy-eight. Which, by the way, used to be what Furniture Row, right back in the day. 
uh, with with Martin Truex, and then they sold that. The ownership sold that off to BJ. McCrum, yeah, guys, right. Yeah, I mean that chart that charter's moved around so many times. It, it, the origin of that one is probably two or three team, two or three different teams. So yeah, I yeah, know it's current, definitely it showed some history over the years. I, I think Dale Junior, you know, dips his toe in here. And I, and I think he – I know you're talking about Spear Motorsports buying that charter. I can see Dale Jr. saying, hey, I'll offer you 25 and move on. I mean, listen, I know they're going to try to auction off the 40, but sorry, man, but you're not – your team is not worth $40 million. Yep. You know, um, if you were Hendrick Motorsports, okay, cool. I can see you doing it. But with the team, I believe that's a – is that a is that a Chevy team right now? Yep, yeah, they're a Chevrolet team this year, obviously on the – the lower end of the uh, Chevrolet. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously they're probably getting their, their, their support from e- ECR for, for engines and chassis. Um, or Robert Yates. Um, I'm just trying to think, I, I just think that that's the silly season in my view is I know it's a silly season, but I, I'm very interested to see where the, the, the truck drivers start moving around. That's just where I'm forecasting where I want to go. Because I mean nothing, nothing personal with a lot of tr- the, the truck drivers, but with the amount of Toyota rides that are kind of drying up here, uh, they're going to have to go to other equipment, and that's a very delicate conversation to have as well. Uh, I, I just see nothing personal with Haley Deegan. Um, that that whole deal is that's that that chicken heads that 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 stupidity fest has gone on long enough in my view. Um, and I, I'm not, I used to be a great fan of hers, but sorry, you haven't had the, the re- results to back it up to be in that car, especially the quality of car, uh, or truck in this case, you know, Thor sport, I believe she's in Thor sport, correct? That the correct yep, team? Yep. Correct. So that's the top level team. Uh, so if you have a result for that, to back it up, especially not making the playoffs, it's a difficult thing to talk about, man. It's a difficult conversation that I think a lot of adults need to have in the room and be adults in the room. And maybe she just needs to drive SRX and just bring money and, and have fun racing. But she, we'll take a step back and find her lower quality team and find some. It could be a it could be a team situation. But I think legitimately, and I'm going to try to end it here, is that the truck drivers are going to have more movement than probably anybody in the Cup Series. Legitimately, I, I think there's probably what maybe three with Denny Hamlin announcing his new contract with. Which, by the way, I, I think we we could talk about this in a second. If he didn't get a new deal at Gibbs, I could have seen him getting that charter for the '78 and moving that thing over and, le- and buying it because he wants to ride. You know, I, I you know I can see him having three charters. Um, I could have seriously seen that happen um, with him because he's that aggressive. He wants to be driving still. But we're glad to see him get a contract to stay there. Uh, but that being said, man, we'll end it here. Uh, I appreciate you joining me, Chris, on this awesome conversation about previewing the Bristol cutoff race. A little bit of silly season, a little bit of off-season stuff. It's always a good time. Till, uh well, next week or two weeks, who knows? We'll find. We'll have some fun. <laughs> Dude, we will. All righty. Appreciate it, everybody. Thank you.